President Biden's semi-fascist propaganda strategy is about more than just the midterms. It's about the global Great Reset. You're listening to the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. A lot of news to get to today. Top story. The Democrats have revealed their official strategy for the upcoming midterm elections. But not just for the midterm elections and not just for the 2024 presidential election. And this is important to remember, I think. This is a global strategy that is intended to help bring forth the Great Reset. And we've seen it in action for a while now. Biden just kind of made it official last week during that little speech he gave. His press secretary then doubled and tripled down on it this past week and today. And the media has moved full force forward in implementing this strategy. The strategy is very simply put, the strategy of name calling. With the name in this instance being semi-fascism. So how does this relate to the Great Reset? There's been an ongoing effort the past couple of years around the world to separate the world out between what is described as those who are fighting for democracy and the international order and those who hold anti-democratic authoritarian views. In most cases, those who are called anti-democratic authoritarians aren't actually that at all and instead are actually freedom-loving individualists who happen to like asking questions and using their critical thinking abilities. While what they call democracy actually isn't democracy at all and is instead global collectivism. And the stereotype of the bad guy around the world as portrayed by the media are Trumpian-like characters. Trumpianism spreading around the world, they say. And that's part of what's going on here. They're trying to hammer that home here domestically while the world is watching our critical midterm elections. It's telling when the media talks the same way about our, quote, election-denying MAGA candidates as they talk about Vladimir Putin. They badly want to demonize individualistic, liberty-loving values because they are a threat to the collectivist values that they want to impose upon the planet. And... They have to because they have a tall task ahead of them in order to succeed. And I said this before, but I'll say it again because I think it's good to remind ourselves of this advantage that we have. To succeed, they have to get individuals and families around the globe to act against their own basic survival instincts, to put the needs of the abstract global order ahead of their own individual needs and the needs of their family. It's a very difficult job they have ahead of them. All right. Before we go into the stories related to this, and there's a lot of them, I want to share something with you all very quickly. I find it interesting to, from time to time, go into the old propaganda literature to see what they have to say about even the most simple and basic propaganda technique, because sometimes they talk about it through a perspective that I hadn't thought about in a while, and they enlighten me on some of the psychology behind why some of these things, like name-calling, works as effectively as they do. This is from a book called Techniques of Propaganda and Persuasion. Propaganda Techniques to Recognize, it says. Name-calling or stereotyping. Giving a person or an idea a bad label by using an easy-to-remember pejorative name. This is used to make us reject and condemn a person or idea without examining what the label really means. Exactly. We see this all the time. Neither Biden nor anyone else in the media who has talked about semi-fascism has given a concrete definition of what it is. They don't ever do that. Republicans, Democrats, none of them do that because once you define something in a concrete way, it not only tells you what it is, it tells you what it is not. 
And then you can't smear just anyone with it. Concrete definitions are their enemy because it takes the power away from the label that they like to apply to just anyone who they declare to be their opposition. They like for words to remain vague and flexible, as we have seen with dictionary definitions changing at will these days. Here's another useful way, I think, to think about it from that book. It says, name-calling is the use of negative words to disparage an enemy or opposing view. Insulting words are used in place of logical arguments, appealing to emotions rather than reason. Rather than making a legitimate argument, the propagandist attacks the opposition on a personal level, often appealing to the audience's preconceptions. While name-calling is often crude and obvious, it can be used effectively against an unpopular target. We see this all the time as well. When someone is confronted with an argument they don't have anything to respond with, they devolve into ad hominem attacks and insults in place of actually using logical arguments. I just love stuff like this. I don't know if you guys do, but I have tons of propaganda literature, and I find it so interesting just the way they talk about some of it. I know this is very simplistic, but I don't know. I like, I like going through some of this sometimes. And the other side of that, for audiences who are sympathetic to the target of the attack. They see the name calling for what it is. And as we know, it actually strengthens their support for the person or idea that is attacked. Duh. Okay. So basically how their little name calling strategy is operating. We've seen this for a while now. It's just official now. There's the MAGA Republicans running for office around the country who Biden, the media, Democrats, and non-election denying, quote, election denying Republicans, acceptable Republicans, deemed to be a threat to democracy. They call them anti-democratic, authoritarian fascists whose campaigns are based solely on mis- and disinformation and who, if they win office, will take away your rights, destroy our election systems, and bring democracy to its knees once and for all. It will be the death blow of the great American experiment. And because of that, we're told that it is our patriotic duty to vote Democrat or Rhino, that's okay too. But just not, quote, election-denying MAGA Trumpian Republicans. They, that's unacceptable. That makes you the worst. That makes you no different than Vladimir Putin, basically. Okay, so you might have heard what Biden said in his speech this past Thursday, which he is, by the way, giving a, another one this upcoming Thursday, an address to the nation, which I expect him to double down on this theme because his press secretary has multiple times. But... I want to play you a couple of clips from that speech because there's some things in there that I want to point out real quick that I found interesting. This is a speech that he gave at an event for the Democratic National Committee. I even think they said that it wasn't supposed to get out. Yeah, right. BS. But in this first clip here, he's talking about, he starts into how bad the MAGA Republicans are when he is interrupted. I think it was staged. Let's see what you think. And the whole notion of the burn it all down politics of MAGA Republicans continues to be a drumbeat. But, but, that's a, no, 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 let him go. Let him go. Let, let him go. That's okay. Folks, 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 ignorance knows no boundaries. Okay, so that was a little convenient, right? 
Right as Biden is going into his little spiel about burn it all down, MAGA Republicans continuing to be a problem, a MAGA Republican stands up and shouts at him that he stole the election, perfectly demonstrating the very point Biden was making in that moment. And that's not typically how Biden reacts to being heckled. He usually gets pissed off about it, get off my lawn like pissed off, you know, and challenges the guy to a push-up contest or thumb war or something like that. And that heckler was a little too aggressive right off the bat to me. I feel like he overacted a bit. You don't start your heckle at a 10, okay? You start with more of a, hey, you stole the election, pal. And then you amp up the intensity as the back and forth happens. And this was at the Democratic National Committee. Look, I can't prove that this was staged, but it was the absolute perfect thing that could have happened for Biden in that moment to prove his point. So... I'm putting my money on that being staged. Maybe it was Hunter Biden out there playing the role for him. I don't know. Next clip, Biden is talking about the choice that people have in this upcoming election. Every election is a choice. My dad used to have a saying. He said, Joey, don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. Well, the alternative to the Democrats are the MAGA Republicans. West knows all about MAGA Republicans. He's running against one of them. That's why West described him as so far outside the mainstream that it'll be dangerous in the governor's office. Well, you're absolutely right. And your current Republican governor, your Republican governor agrees with that. That was pretty forceful there, the way he said Republican governor. Like he was angry, then realized that he's not supposed to be angry at him because he's a, a good Republican, a rhino Republican. And first of all, that saying he said, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. That, that's not a, a Joe Biden's dad saying it. Maybe his dad said it. I don't know. But that's an old political saying that just doing a two-minute search, you know, changing the time and stuff so that Joe Biden stuff doesn't show up, that you can find politicians around the world saying back as early as the 1970s. And I spent about two minutes searching that. I think that's just an old political saying. I think Biden takes these things that People use in politics and just says that his dad did them or says they're his stories so that it seems more homely. Secondly, who says that? What an egotistical thing to say unless someone is, in fact, comparing you to the Almighty. Just an odd thing to say. No one is comparing Democrats to the Almighty. What is he talking about? And he reveals what's going on right here. He reveals the game right here. He says the alternative to Democrats are not, in fact, Republicans. But they are instead MAGA Republicans. What about the non-MAGA Republicans, Joe? Oh, that's right. You guys are one in the same. Globalist. There's a clip from Davos, and I'll try to find it and bring it to the show tomorrow, of a woman drilling everyone from Congress who is on that panel, there's like 10 of them, on whether or not they're going to continue sending money to Ukraine and propping up the international global order, even if America First Republicans get elected in the midterms. She got them to get on the record. She was very concerned about it. Stopping the America first sentiment is an order that's been handed down by the Davos elites. They're playing Biden's administration a role in someone else's game. And maybe they're all in on it. Maybe the MAGA Republicans, the Democrats, the non-MAGA Republicans, maybe they're all in on it together. I don't know. All I know is that Biden is not carrying out a plan that his administration put together. This is a World Economic Forum, Davos 2030 Agenda Great Reset Plan that we are witnessing Biden be the puppet for. There is no doubt about that. And I love how he just continues to make it look like non-MAGA Republicans are just buddy-buddy with all the Democrats, saying that MAGA Republicans are too far outside the mainstream and it's too dangerous to have them in the governor's office. And even the Republicans agree. I believe that Biden is rehearsing 
for his speech this upcoming Thursday, where he's going to be addressing the nation. This is a Democrat crowd that he is addressing, so he doesn't need to convince them of this stuff. Maybe he's trying to radicalize some of them, yeah, but he's talking as though he's addressing Republicans that he can scare away from Trump. And I believe he's rehearsing and that they release this video to gauge the reaction on social media and in the news so that they can adjust accordingly. I bet we see a similar version of this speech this upcoming Thursday with some adjustments. Maybe even we will get a heckler just like we did here. We'll see. Next clip, Biden tells us which kind of Republican it is okay to be, which he's already pretty much hinted at here, but he really nails it in this next one. What's happened is, what's happened is, there are not many real Republicans anymore. By the way, your sitting governor, he's a Republican you can deal with. We disagree. No, no, I'm serious. But at least he's within the mainstream of the Republican Party. I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. And there it is. If you're a Republican, do you want Joe Biden to be saying that he's your buddy and you guys are together on this. I don't know that you would with some of the stuff that Biden is doing and has done. And I did a show last week where I highlighted what the difference was between old CNN, the Brian Stelter CNN, before he was gone, and then after Brian Stelter, the new CNN. And they were trying to be more bipartisan. That's what they say they're trying to do now. And it was clear to me that the old CNN was just kind of aggressively progressive or globalist, however you want to describe it, and didn't pretend at all to be bipartisan. And that new CNN is still globalist, still pushing the same messages, just in a subtler way, and that they pretend to be bipartisan by bringing on acceptable Republicans, like the eyepatch dude or Liz Cheney, Republicans who are willing to side with the Democrats and bash the, quote, MAGA Republicans. And Biden just expressed very clearly what the narrative shift is, not only for them, not only for just the media-wide, but for CNN's new transition and how they're pretending to be bipartisan when they are doing the same old propaganda just in a different form is all it is. All right, next clip, Biden brings it home. The clip you've probably heard, it's an extraordinary clip. We're at a serious moment in our nation's history. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace, embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy. This is why in this moment, those of you who love this country, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. We, the people, are the first words of our Constitution. And we, the people, will still determine the destiny of America. If we, the people, stand together, we will prevail as we, the people. We just have to keep the faith. We just have to persevere. We just have to vote. Vote. Folks, we just have to remember who we are. We are the United States of America, and there's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. So let's get it done. God bless you all. 
And may God protect our troops. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I tell you what, man. That was some rhetoric right there. We're at a serious moment in our history, and MAGA Republicans are a threat to our very democracy. They embrace political violence, and they don't even believe in democracy. And then he tries to unite the Democrats, the independents, the mainstream Republicans. You notice he said independents and not libertarians. He doesn't want libertarians in the fold. I can guarantee you that. They must be stronger and more determined to save America than those MAGA Republicans are in destroying America. And he must have read the Constitution wrong there, the first words of it, he said. He said it's we the people. It must be we the people except the MAGA Republicans, except the election deniers. Don't you remember when Benjamin Franklin wrote that into the Constitution? Protect our troops except the MAGA Republican troops. That is, of course, what he means. We all know that. And he says that just like at the end of every sentence all the time. He's just so conditioned to say that. Can you imagine if there's someone who buys this BS? I mean, truly buys it. And they do what Biden says to do. There's got to be at least a few. I think most people can distinguish between rhetoric and reality. They might agree with a sentiment and even be very emotional about it. They may even get in arguments with their friends, but they're not likely to truly believe that their friends are trying to literally destroy the country using political violence. But there are some that can't and that will buy this. And now, can you imagine? That person, this true believer, they did what he said. They vote, vote, vote as many times as possible, probably, I'm sure. And they remember who they are, like Biden says in the speech. And the MAGA candidate still ends up winning. Can you imagine that? To that true believer, someone our president told them is a threat to our very democracy who embraces political violence and doesn't even care about the democracy at all and who is determined to destroy everything that they and their families and their friends cares about. That person won. Everything that this other person that Biden made him to fear and told him to do all these things in order to prevent, none of them worked. The worst nightmare scenario has come true. And this person is just devastated and feels like all hope is lost and that everything they care about is going to get destroyed. Because that's what Biden's propaganda programmed his brain to believe. Now, that person might feel like they have no choice but act, that to act is in fact just and righteous and and what must be done to not act would be a sin. He's fighting for survival if he truly believes this. This is some hardcore rhetoric right here, and I'm interested to see how far he takes it in this upcoming speech on Thursday. This is radicalization of a very small few, not many, But there's got to be a few. Oh, and that vote, vote, vote thing. They did that early on, too. It was weird. This whole thing was so choreographed and staged to me. And I know most of these are staged. In fact, they're all stage produced. And the audience is controlled and placed in certain areas. They want to get good representation. They want to have masks scattered throughout. They're trying to project an image, a feeling that they want to model or they want Americans to be influenced by, obviously. It's very... These set designers, they use... People like move people who work on set design and movies and stuff. They're great at stuff like this. But this to me looked like one that they hadn't put their touch on completely yet. Like it was a, a first rehearsal or a second rehearsal. I'm wondering, in fact, I bet we do. I bet we see some of the same signs, people holding the same signs behind Biden on Thursday, maybe even the same people wearing the same clothes, 
as they're wearing right now, the same t-shirts, and scattered masks throughout. I bet we see almost an identical image behind him. I'm going to have to watch for that. Okay, so I thought that his fascism comment was in that clip, but it wasn't, and I can't seem to find the audio of the fascism comment, or semi-fascism, online anywhere. It's weird. I'll just read you what he said. Maybe I can find it tomorrow. I thought it would be easier to find than that. Here's what it said, or they say that Biden said. What we're seeing now is the beginning of the death knell of an extreme MAGA philosophy. It's not just Trump. It's the entire philosophy. It's like semi-fascism. All right, so Biden's speech set the stage for the national debate about whether or not MAGA Republicans are semi-fascist. The first thing the media does is they have to determine if Biden said that intentionally, if it was scripted, or if that was an off-the-cuff moment that they would walk back. It was not an off-the-cuff moment. His press secretary doubled down on his description of what MAGA Republicans are. Thus sparked the debate in the news on the mainstream media between Republicans and Democrats. And then that debate flowed into viewers' homes and onto social media and into people's minds. And people took sides one way or the other. And the question on the mainstream media shows that everyone was asking is demonstrated here by CNN's Dana Bash, speaking with New Hampshire's governor, a Republican. I want to ask about something that President Biden said during remarks at a closed DNC reception this past week. He criticized what he called a, quote, extreme MAGA philosophy in your party. He said, quote, it's almost like semi-fascism. Do you see semi-fascism in your party at all? Horribly insulting. Uh, I mean, the fact that the president would go out and just insult half of America because uh, effectively half America has votes Republican, half of America ultimately votes Democrat. You know, it, it swings a little bit one way or the other. But effectively call half of America semi-fascist um, because he's trying to stir up controversy. Um, he's trying to stir up this anti-Republican sentiment right before the election. Um, it's just, it's horribly inappropriate. It's insulting and, and people should be insulted by see, it and he should apologize. So you, you don't see any elements of that at all in your party? Look, you can see elements of fascism and white supremacy all in, in America. Let's own that as Americans. There's no doubt. And we could say that, uh, you know, all all the Democrats are communists. They're all ultra socialist communists that just want to bring down a free capitalistic market. That's not true of Democrats either. What kind of question is that? Do you see any elements of semi fascism in your party? No one knows what that means. You can't see elements of something that's never had any of its elements defined. And what's this guy horribly insulted about? He's horribly insulted by a term he's never in his life known the definition of. He has no clue what it means. Maybe Biden was actually praising MAGA Republicans. Maybe semi-fascist has nothing to do with politics and ideology. Maybe it means sexy. Do you see any elements of sexy in your party? Joe sure does. I'm being stupid, obviously. It has something to do with fascism. I think we know that. But semi-fascism. I mean, it's not fascism. Otherwise, they just would have said fascism. It came from a closed-door meeting that Joe had. That's why there wasn't any audio of it. So nobody's heard the audio. So even if he flubbed and said semi-fascism, they didn't have to pretend like that was correct. They wouldn't tell us. So this was a choice to say it that way. And here we have a governor of a state and a well-known mainstream media news reporter that gets paid a lot of money, and neither one of them thought it might be worthwhile for clarity to say, hey, what's up with the semi part of the fascism here? 
So I want to know why they added that. I, I think it probably means something. I don't know what. I don't know what it means. Maybe semi-fascist means partial fascist or a non-committal fascist. Maybe an authoritarian who's a little aroused. I don't know. But the question was stupid because she didn't define it before they talked about it. And his response was a typical type of response you get from acceptable Republicans who are allowed on these networks. She pressed him about whether he had seen elements of this thing that they never actually clearly defined. And he's very offended by it. And then he says that, yeah, look, come on, there's racism and fascism everywhere. You know that. We both know that. And we should accept that. All Dems aren't commies, just like all Republicans aren't fascist. But yes, we do see fascists in the Republican Party. That's what he's implying here. And that's why they bring him on, because he seems like he's pushing back. But in reality, he is just confirming, validating the premise. I'm wondering if Biden on Thursday during his speech is going to clarify what he meant by that. Perhaps they put that out there to see how the media would respond, to see if the media and people on social media would go further and just call Trump a fascist so that Biden didn't have to be the one leading the way on that, to see that it was acceptable in the Overton window to talk about this subject in that manner. Maybe that's why they put that out there like that. I don't know. I'm speculating. But it was a choice. Okay, now the ultimate framing, and we all know this, that came out of this debate that they put out there is that MAGA Republicans are in fact fascists who need to be dealt with. So once they have that perspective there, they can then interpret every other story related to that through that lens that has already predetermined MAGA fascism. Once that's the perspective they see MAGA world through, then everything thereafter can just be interpreted to fit right in there and prove the conclusions that they had already decided on. No longer will any other interpretation of any one statement or action be considered besides the one that validates their predetermined truth. And that brings us to the Lindsey Graham part of the story. Everybody's favorite part of the story, I'm sure. He was a guest on Trey Gowdy's show today on Fox. He said a few things and then shortly thereafter spent the rest of the day getting slammed as a violent fascist by the rest of the mainstream media. And we're going to do that in the Drive Time News Blast XR, the exclusive portion of the show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let you hear how the media reported on Graham and how they interpreted his words in what to me seemed to be the exact opposite way of the most obvious interpretation, but maybe you'll see it differently. And then after playing those, I will then play his fuller statement in context to see if that changes how you view it. And if there's time, we may talk about the unique way Spain is fighting for gender equality, which involves nudity. If you want access to that subscriber-only portion of the show, the Drive Time News Blast, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe today. Not only will you get that subscriber-only content, you will also get this show, the Drive Time News Blast, ad-free. I remove all of the ads for Patreon subscribers. Check it out. It's how I support the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your day.